Hey, I'm Zanzi and welcome to Farmers Inside Track. This is episode 269 powered by Meadow Feeds. I'm your host, Dornumdu. Now, when it comes to silage making, there are two crucial principles that must be followed. One, the correct moisture content at cutting and entry into the bunker to ensure optimum conditions for the microorganisms required to drive the anaerobic fermentation process. And two, the maximum compaction in order to expel as much oxygen as possible. Honestly, this sounded super technical to me, but it doesn't have to be, especially with expert advice from Vicky van Squirt, Dairy Technical Advisor at Meadowfeeds. As part of our ongoing campaign with Meadowfeeds, he shares some practical tips for effective silage production. Thank you so much for joining me on Farmers Inside Track, Vicky. It's an absolute pleasure to have you join us in studio. You have so much insights into this industry, 35 years with Meadowfeeds. Maybe you can just start with more of your journey within agriculture. It's such an honor for me to be talking to you. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you to you and all your listeners. It's good to talk to you about these things. I've been to University of Stellenbosch many years ago. After that, I started off with Meadow in 1987. Meadow feeds in the Western Cape. I first worked in the Worcester area and then later moved on to the Durbanville area where I stayed for most of my days at Meadow. I'm really enjoying work every day. I had opportunities. I stayed with Meadow and I stayed with this work. I always wanted to farm. I couldn't farm, but now I'm actually farming without the hassles of farming. So it works out well for me. I enjoy the daily conversations with farmers, enjoying to help them fix their problems. And one of the things that happens every year and with a lot of farmers repeatedly is that we need to talk about silage. Silage quality is very, very important in maintaining production on farm. It's important to make ends meet. It's the most cost-effective way of having your roughage preserved and cared for. It's actually very good because it can't be stolen. If you make silage and it's well made, it's there for a very long time. It really is the basis of feeding dairy animals in the coastal areas where I had most of my experience. Coming to the more important part of silage making, you definitely have to take two points into consideration. Very important one is the time of making silage. In other words, the dry matter content of your material that you would like to make silage with. That needs to be in a small range. And then the other very important part of making silage is that you need to compact this stuff very, very good. And most of the problem starts with these two factors during silage making. It makes a huge difference to the end product. It makes a huge difference if you end up with good silage, good fermented silage, good fodder for your animals, or you end up with a large heap of expensive compost. Silage making is quite the opposite of making compost. Basically, it comes down to the point that when you make compost, you need oxygen inside the material because you need the aerobic bacteria to convert this plant material, to break it down, and you'd have nutrients available for your plants. Whereas with silage making, it's quite the opposite. 
as long as the silage is full of oxygen and air, it's actually rotting. And you don't want this rotting process to go too far. You want the rotting to stop as soon as you can, because if the oxygen is expelled and there's no more oxygen available for the bacteria, then they die off and the other bacteria and aerobic bacteria starts to do their part. And they acidify the silage. And when the acidity is on a certain level, it preserves your material and it can be preserved for a very long time. I've seen silage pits opened after 10 years. The roots have grown through it from plants, but it's still perfectly good for feeding animals. So silage is your most important fodder in the dairy industry. No, definitely. And thank you so much for sharing some of these basic principles, going, going into some of the technicalities of it. I know this is probably something that you can talk about for days on end and farmers will find so much value in it. And thank you so much also just for giving us those important rules. Maybe you can talk more about what are some of the production costs when it comes to making silage and more around the preparation of it. Production cost, of course, will vary from farm to farm. It will also vary depending on what silage crop you're using. People make maize silage where they've got a good idea of the cost of maize silage because most of the times in our area it's under irrigation. You know you can manage the process with the fertilization. You can have much more control over the process and in that way influence your crop. The crop yield is a very important part of determining your cost. In the Western Cape, under dry land conditions, you will, say like oat silage, you will get between 12 and 20 tons per hectare. It varies a lot depending on the rainfall from year to year. So it's very difficult to determine a specific cost on farm. But it's always been that way that when a farmer produces stuff on his own land with rainfall from the air, he will do it cheaper than when he buys in the fodder. So in all respects, it's always better for you to produce maximum of your own fodder, roughages for your own farm. In that way, you will be able to compete in the dairy industry, for instance. I believe in the beef industry as well, that that makes a huge difference on your input cost if you can produce roughages. And this is the nice part of silage making. There is abundantly available during wintertime. But then in summertime, there's nothing available. So you need to preserve most of the nutrients as good as possible, protect it from the elements, from theft, from whatever, and have it available during the drier months. And silage is a perfect fodder for that. It just works out very good. And then more on the preparation, what are the most common methods used? Yes. Now, making silage depends on what you have and what you can get together. The most common way of doing it is to do it on top of the soil on a slopey piece of land because the water needs to drain away from the silage. And you just build a heap. You put the silage first, you clear the area, you put the silage down, and then you need to compact it with tractors. That is the most important part of your silage making is to have equipment available, heavy equipment, single wheel tractors, other equipment as well. And you nearly need to tramp down on that silage to get the oxygen and the air out as good as possible, as quick as possible. I always say, you know, there's ways and means of determining the compaction of silage. But in practice, if you look at the tractors and the equipment moving over the silage, you want to see the tractor wheels driving on top of it. 
and not into it. When you start off with your silage making process, you can see the tractor's wheels dipping into the silage. And when the tractor is moved on, you know, the silage grows up again after the wheel. So you want to carry on with that process. And this is also why it's important to have your wagons and stuff that brings in the silage must be in coordination with your tractors doing the compaction. It's no use you getting in the stuff too quickly and you cannot compact in between. Importantly is that you need to spread the silage in thin layers and then compact it. If you put it on a fairly deep heap of silage, you won't get the compaction. You know, you can't compact a meter high piece of silage as good as you can compact a 10 centimeter or even a 20 centimeter piece of silage. This is very, very important. And then during the process, you ask about the preparation. You need to prepare your implements and stuff, have them serviced, have the wheel bearings checked, have everything in order, prepare for the unseen, because you will have problems during silage making. And every stopping that you have during the process will just increase the aerobic period and the rotting period. You really want to have this process fluently and smoothly running. And that comes with experience. First year round, you might have problems. Second year, you learn from the first year. And as things go on, you will definitely improve and improve. And as you improve your process, you will also find that the silage improves. And the result is having better productions from the animals utilizing your site. That's where the really big gain is. And then of course, just around the process that goes obviously with all of this, a big part you've explained the compaction. What happens after the compaction? I understand that you have to cover with sheeting. Yes, this is only part of making good silage. After, of course, you've done all your compaction and all this stuff has been brought into the heap, you really need to compact for another 12 hours. Some farmers like to stop there because it's just adding cost, but really the extra fuel that you will be using if you keep on compacting to the desired compaction level, you will have the benefits eventually. That is definitely. When the heap is finished and your compaction is good and you're satisfied with it, you need to cover this with plastic sheets. Just remember that the rain comes from the top, so you start with your plastic sheets from the bottom and then you put the next layer a bit higher, and then on top you put another layer, and see that the plastic sheeting runs over the bottom part, so that water that seeps in will run off your silage and not into it. And then farmers use sand, or they use soil, whatever they can get hold of, to get the plastic sheets down, and then old discarded tires works perfectly well. You just need to put them tire to tire. It must be covering the whole heap, you must have no air pockets under your plastic. And then your silage will last a very long time. Also during the, the season, you will have to inspect your silage from time to time. See that the sheets are still good, that the animals didn't run over the heap and the hooves made uh, holes in the silage because where the silage gets contact with air again, it will start rot again, you know? So you need to do that part. During the silage process and the aerobic process, silage gets hot. It really feels warm because of the bacteria breaking down the sugars and all the good stuff. And then when the silage process comes to an end, your whole silage pit will cool down. And a lot of farmers use that as an indication that they can start using the silage. 
So silage can be used between six weeks and two months after it's made and it's cooled down properly, then you can start using your silage. I was just about to ask about the timelines or period of this entire process. And then does this process happen again from scratch or are you still able to use that same produce as soon as it's done? How often does farmers actually do this? Silage is made once a year. It's a process that usually starts in our area around about August to September. When the winter grains are good enough, ripe enough, the right moisture level, then it gets cut, gets put into the silage pits or the silage heaps, and they start utilizing it about two months later throughout the season, and then next year we start the process all over again. Answering your question, the other part is when you take it out of the pit, it of course becomes moldy again. So you need to protect the face of your silage pit or the open part of it. You take out what you need per day and then you close it off again to protect the value of that that silage inside the pit. Are there any other points or aspects that farmers should really be aware of as we start wrapping up the conversation, Vicky? Things that might be easily overlooked when producing silage. I think one of the farmers that I spoke to, Nompe Zim, who's in the Free State area, spoke about having too much water, too much water in her silage production specifically. Is that also a challenge that farmers face? It is definitely. You can get rain during the silage making process. You can get breakdowns. This is all things that you cannot manage all of it. You can manage some of it. But if it rains during silage time, you need to cover your heap. You need to wait a bit for the weed to dry out a little bit. What you can also do if you're ready for making silage and your crop is not, you can cut it down and have it wilted. Lay it on the land for a day or so and then pick it up and bring it into your silage because you need to determine the moisture content of that silage before you put it into the pit. If you put it in too wet, it will create a lot of bad assets and the palatability of the stuff goes down. So it's really not good to have it too wet into your pit. And then, of course, Vicky, mechanization and these tractors and operators that you were talking about is a key element to it. Now, a lot of our farmers, they don't always have access to this kind of mechanization, but there is, you know, power in collaborating and seeing how you can kind Mm. of leverage on sharing these tractors and mechanization collectively. Is this something that you would advise? Yes, the process of silage making is so important that you need to find ways of making or starting off with making that stuff. Once it's uh, been done and you see the benefits of it, you will find ways. A few farmers can come together because you need certain equipment. You need tractors, you need heavy equipment to tramp this down, to compact it well. You also need ways and means of getting the stuff from the land onto your silage pit. These contractors for the bigger farmers going around specializing in just that. They come, they cut the stuff, they put it in the pit, they compact it for you. For the bigger farmers, that's available. But for smaller farmers, I think they must get together, find people that's interested in making silage. And really, if you understand the process, there will be a way of doing this. You don't need to have this expensive tractor, I'm sure, on farm. There's something else that will be able to compress this stuff down. Start small, see what works and what doesn't work, and then expand on that. Making silage is a good farming practice. Such an insightful session with Vicky Fanskur, Dairy Technical Advisor at Meadowfeeds. You can, of course, read more on this topic by visiting www.foodformzanzi.co.za. And that's a wrap from me, Dornumdu. 
our technical producer Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food for Mzanzi. Until next time, thanks for listening. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.